typically when we hit the stuff where it's really, you know, like holding on, that is where we lose the heart. Because obviously the, the kind of clenches and contractions and refusals and all of that that sit in the, in the, you know, in the body system, body-mind system, um, they are, the reason sometimes they call, you know, them dark places or shadow places or things like that is because they essentially absorb um, or, or refuse any goodness being shown on them, right? Or love shown on them. So that's not unusual that you hit, um, you know, areas where the cave's so dark that, you know, you can't shine the light till the end, till the very end. And that's not a problem. Um, as a matter of fact, it's kind of a good thing to notice because then that means you're right on the bullseye. Right? And you probably know that. Uh, so, so the way to do that is essentially back out, right? so back away, far enough that you can feel your heart and relax there till you can go in a bit. So that's, that's the key there is you don't want to force that thing open under any circumstances because if you do the backlash after, you see this in people, right? They, for whatever reason, have a blasting open experience, spontaneous or induced. And then, um, you know, they go, wow, this was, you know, I had such a, what do people always call it? an aha or, you know, things. But then you see them a week or two or three later or, you know, and, and their body's just a little bit tighter because it's like going, you know. So the, the way to go in is by essentially going in, noticing the thing, noticing that knot, and then going right out to where the edges of that are. And then hanging there without any effort for however long it takes till you can go in a little bit just hang and till you know till till it loosens and on the edge kind of speak to your heart and be with your heart and allow the heart to have the slight uh, on on the edge there till it relaxes so we were talking specifically in practice Right, because she's, she's done this for a long time and she knows how to practice. And, um, and so in practice, you, you find that place and then you kind of back out by relaxing enough while continuing to practice. And maybe, you know, go quite subtle with the motions even and really relax the heart and focus on something that's, that, that produces a sensation of love. You know, the bird, your child, child. right? <laughs> Yeah, like those kind of things um, where, where the heart automatically opens. But so now how that translates into real life is that sometimes when we actually come up on, um, let's say, a ceiling that holds a certain kind of development or growth back, we have these very interesting down-regulating mechanisms, right? And it's like a, th it's like a thermostat, right? You hit that... You hit that thing and everything in the being, you know, goes, ah, uh, no. <laughs> and then all kinds of odd things start happening, right? You can, some people are really, really crafty. It happens from the outside, meaning situations suddenly occur that make it that this can't be, 
right? Other people self-sabotage in the classic ways where they just do, you know, weird shit that makes it so that, that it, this can't happen. Some people, this is also quite common, get physical ailments that hold them, not nothing super major mostly, but suddenly you have a bum knee or, you know, something and you, can, you can't do the thing you want to do. So when, you, when, when that happens in real life, what you do is, yes, you go in real life and you don't push hard, but you also don't back off. Because most people, when they hit that thing, they back off and they go, ah, this is not meant to be, and then they go somewhere else. You have to essentially hold steady where you can for however long you need to till you can go further. And there's many things you can do to get the body to relax enough because mostly these things are pre you know, preservation, essentially, you know, energy, energy preservation as well as the kind of preservation of one's life as we know it. And you can, you can say, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe, long enough that the body goes, oh, this is safe. And then it can naturally happen. And that's kind of the mark of sustainable growth within the body-mind versus forced pushing growth where often there's an injury after or some kind of, you know, snag. You can imagine your nervous system is kind of like a, um, a collection of tubes and hoses, so to speak. That, that also correlates to like the channel system within the you know, tantric traditions. So you can imagine there's like these tubes and hoses that conduct energy through your body. Of course, if you cut a human open, you don't see tubes and hoses, but there's energy you know, that energy can shift through the body. It also shifts through the, you know, the actual nervous system via neuropathways and neurotransmitters. But from an energetic standpoint, you can kind of imagine that you have these little, you know, hoses. And if a hose hasn't been used in a while, so to speak, and maybe it's been out in the sun, right? It's a bit kinked and dried up perhaps. And, um, and then you start bringing energy through it. Um, you'll need, like if you just open the water, so to speak, on a garden hose that's been kinked a tiny little bit, it might not go through at all, or it might take a long time, you know, to kind of gather enough on the seam of that fold till the fold pops open. But if you do too much at once, the hose essentially will rip or start trickling and leaking or or have some, you know, things that need to be repaired. And that's kind of a useful metaphor for when you start moving energy in areas where energy hasn't moved in a while. So sticking with that analogy, if you have an injury, meaning we know there's a little tear in the hose, the first thing to do, of course, is to fix the tear in the hose, duct tape, I guess, with a hose, right? <laughs> In the body, it's not quite that easy, but you fix the tear in the hose and maybe um, you'll take a little bit of, you know, um, a twig or something and, and do it with the duct tape so the hose can't bend there where the injury is. And then you put the water through. And that might be a bit more of an unconventional way to do it. And then you can't roll up the garden hose anymore because you have those twigs with the duct tape, but it's a functioning garden hose. 
So that's how you can see like physical injury in your body is it can always be worked with. You can always find something that stabilizes that area so you don't accidentally bust the seam on the hose when you start getting energy through, right? So typically what people like to do because it's, uh, you know, it feels good and uh, um, it feels like you do something is you t turn the hose up, all the water up all the way. And then the hose does the thing that the hose does, right? <laughs> Spraying out at the end wildly and we're like, yeah, you know? So <laughs> that's, that's one way to release. But you can also do a controlled release where you know you have that area where it's not happening that much and you kind of stabilize that area and you let other areas do the releasing. So for instance, if you have a spinal thing that you know you have to take care of, you could get yourself onto a mat in a way that your spine is stable and then use everything else to release. So you can still do vigorous stuff, right? With your arms and legs, for instance. Or the other option is you find a way to, instead of like, you know, turning the water on all the way, kind of do the trickle, but that's long and steady and like prolonged trickling of stuff out, which in the body feels like a dissolving. It's just, instead of pushing it out, you just, and you relax, you relax, you relax. You move and you relax some more and you relax some more. And if you have something in the in the belly, you might, you know, kind of just move this area a bit and pump the stomach a bit or whatever so that there's motion there, ripples there, but not the garden hose. So there's always a way to work with an injury or with a compromised area. And like I was saying in the lecture the other day, typically once we have an area that's compromised, other things attach to that. And it's very... Um, Everybody who's had chronic pain or an injury knows that, right? One of the things that happens is once you're used to protecting an area, you get kind of habituated to not firing on all cylinders, even when you are healed or even when, um, you know, it's not necessary, where you just go into energy preservation mode. And you're always a little bit less than you could be, just so you have some extra energy when you need it. And that's something that you have to consciously work with and go, okay, I have this under control. I don't need to preserve, you know, 10% of my energy or 20% of my energy just in case I need to heal again or, or just in case something happens again. And um, that's, that's more an emotional thing mostly or an energy management thing. You'll have to just go, okay. Like you said, you took it aside yesterday. But if you take it aside for a moment, you still need to make sure that you don't bust the garden hose. You can essentially look at your energetic system um, as a, let's say, as a sphere, right, For or whatever, like some kind of a shape, right? And that sphere, depending on day, but also past experiences, traumas, upbringing, whatever, right, the body composition is, uh, you know, more like a, let's say, like a smooth rock or a smooth sphere. And sometimes it's like a sponge. And the more sponge-like our energetic system is, meaning the more 
little holes there are in the energetic system, the more things can go in, obviously, right? And the drier that is, so to speak, the more things can get in, right? So when you, when you look at uh, energetic boundary setting, you're always looking at both things, everything that Steve talked about and all the care. And then the more psychological aspect is that you shore up or, or plug any of the holes that are there from previous injuries. So we all have stuff, and like I said, disposition, whatever. So there's like these little pinpricks or maybe not so you know, some people have like, like sea sponges, big holes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what, there's, a, there's a case to be made that, of course, the more holes you have, the more can go in, but also the more can go out if you know how to squeeze it, right? But you can also um, just see if you can diminish the size or the, the, the amounts of the holes. And that's a psychological process where you kind of go back and... Uh, trace where the self-blame comes from and then find a way to fill that up from the from the inside out not just a band-aid on the outside but from the inside out and that would potentially mean um, you know a bit of understanding of what it is a bit of origin work around it and then maybe working with the body on releasing the belief system that sits behind it so that your energetic body isn't as spongy mm -hmm. and so that the portals that are open are open at will or close at will that's the other thing that's within this system is that um, it's really good to be able to be finely feeling and read a room and understand why there's a heavy feeling and whether or, or where there's a feeling of real like when you go down there and and stand in front of the 400 year old uh, you know, Madonna of Orada, you get a sense, right, if you relax yourself and if you, like, keep the portals open of the enormous power uh, that, that, that wood is imbued by, by the sheer amount of years and dedication and devotion and all of that. So you can feel that, uh, or you can choose not to feel that, right? so to speak, meaning you could go and say, I don't care, I don't want to feel anything right now, I'm just going to close all the holes, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm a, you know, it's a smooth surface, nothing comes in, nothing comes out, um, which some people like to do in meditation or stuff like that. Or you can go, oh, I'm willing to feel it all, including maybe some sadness or heaviness or whatever, and then I'll, I'll wring myself out, I wash it out, I feel my baseline, I sink it down. So if that's a voluntary process then it's kind of a it can sometimes almost be like a service right you can kind of be like a kidney that cleanses stuff because you have that capacity at that particular moment but that's voluntary and not something that you know kind of happens upon you where you become a martyr um, there's a difference between a martyr and a bodhisattva so to speak one you know, goes there willingly and with an open heart and joy and purifies. And the other one is like, oh God, I feel so much. It's hard. And I, I just got to take it on. Who else will take it on if I don't take it on? And I need to cleanse the world even though it kills me, you know. <laughs> so those are your two, your, your two options. And somewhere in the middle is um, having control over the whole, so to speak, by all the things Steve said, but also by doing some psychological process around 
filling certain gaps. And self-blame is one of those gaps you know, where there's a, li there's a little bit, I don't know how to say this, this sounds horrible if I say it, but I'm going to say it knowing that you know what I mean. It, in the self-blame is a self-importance that's not necessary, meaning you, you don't have that much responsibility or, or, or agency, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. So the self-blame has to shift to uh, essentially, you know, it's the same, it's the other side of the coin. So instead of saying, I'm so powerful, I must have done that to myself, mm -hmm. you could also say, um, the stuff happens, but I can decide if I let it in or not. But so you want to kind of put the self-importance on the, on the boundary function, not on the having done something wrong function. Yeah, and I mean, the last thing I want to say about that, when we take it out of the realm of the energetic into, in general, the violation of boundary function, very often you see that is that the person who has been violated somehow think they brought it upon themselves. That's part of the cycle of abuse in a certain way, right? And it's also part of the, uh, when you can kind of slide into victim behavior mm -hmm. because it's either or, either, either you are um, helpless or you brought it upon yourself. Those are the two options, but they're of course not the two options. The, the options are, it's not somebody else has some stuff going on, it's not yours but you are at effect of it, right? but that's not your fault. But, you know, when people go full victim, there's no empowerment there. So the thing is, this is your stuff. I was affected by it. I'm going to take care of myself right? and create the, the wholeness because this has nothing to do with that. <laughs>